Jesse's big song is a spoof of Don't Rain On My Parade, made famous by my fucking idol, Barbara Streisand. Baby, that is a sign. So then that leaves you with the Russian. I absolutely do not want to do a Russian box. Absolutely not. Foxy is very theatrical, is very, very stunty. So I am sticking to my guns when it comes to this role. This is my thing. I've been safe three weeks in a row. But baby, like, I came here to show who I am. I want the fucking musical, musical 11 o'clock number. What if they each do a little bit of Foxy, and then we decide which one we think is better? I think that's a great idea. <laughs> I feel like I caused all this drama. And I very Barbara. I'm volunteering to go first, because in my opinion, after reading the script, that's what Foxy would do. Well. This was a, a, a gripping nail biter of an audition, but um, I think I, I would say it was fair that indeed I'll concede that Rose won the audition. You know, I, it just reminds me of a chorus line, Mary, where the whole mm-hmm. show is just an audition and it's yeah. about the dramas of all of the people on stage. And I feel like we got Denali's drama, right? Where she's just like, you know, I've been safe for three weeks and up a steep and very narrow stairway, right? And it mm-hmm. just went on. Um, I loved this little moment in the She hopes she gets it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she, she didn't. <laughs> and she didn't, yeah. Um, yeah, Rosé was Cassie. Don't pop the head, Rosé, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, I saw like a very bare bones production of A Chorus Line in college. Mary, right, they're like all a, bare bones. They're all bare oh, but bones. This was like, th- these these bones were picked. <laughs> these bones were, they, they had to blur these bones. They were so bare. Uh, and it was, um, and that's what I know of it. So like, I know that. And I think that song is called I Hope I Get It. I was hoping I got that reference. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's the opening God, I Hope I Get It for sure. It starts yeah. with. Uh, you know, a five, six, seven, eight, da 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 da. Right. Oh, uh, of course. It's of like course. one of the best openings because it's it doesn't start with this big song. It starts with them facing away from the audience. Sorry, we're going on a tangent very early, Barry. Yeah. Uh, it starts with them facing away from the audience, and you have the choreographer teaching them the combination, and you know they're going through it, and it it kind of goes on a little while, and then. He says, okay, let's take it from the top. And you hear the, like, the, the, the orchestra's getting ready. And, mm-hmm. and then finally, uh, you know, five, six, seven, eight, da, 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 da. And they, they turn around, and it, it's this big, huge number. It's so fabulous. Ugh, that's it's Lycra and Lycra and Lycra. Yeah. <laughs> and leggings. <laughs> and leggings and, and uh, uh, Eartha Kitt. Dorothy Hamill haircuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Martha Graham, Martha Graham, Madonna, yeah. Madonna. <laughs> yeah. Uh, step, kick, kick, touch uh, again. So I, uh, I love this. Um, finally, we kind of see, I don't know, Rosé and Denali have this moment. And what's kind of, I don't know, it was so, the editing of this moment I thought was interesting because when Rosé sung for her audition, they had the backing track underneath her. Oh, I didn't notice this difference. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then when Denali went, they did not. And I, mm. I thought that was very kind of the show, of the editors, because Denali was not on pitch at the end. 
It would have been um, more obvious. And it, and and, yeah. and and I think instead of, and then the the polite clapping after Denali went because it was very polite. Um, after Denali went, uh, would have been seen as meaner, I think, um, mm-hmm. because it was clear that she wasn't on pitch. But without the music underneath, you know. Like, oh, Tenali's hitting this high note. She was good, too, right? Yeah, yeah. To my untrained ear, it's like, well, that was okay. Hey, that's all right. That's There's a chance here. Um, yes, yes. But I, I loved how they're like, okay, let's go around and say who we thought. And, you know, it was like they were picking Rosé faster <laughs> than Kennedy picked milk. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, they could barely get the question out. But here's what I was thinking is like, the real strategy is to not give Rose the role that she she could knock out of the park and give the role to Denali, which could send her home. That's that's how you really play the game in my oh. humblest of opinions. Oh, I I gotta say, totally starting to see Tina and kind of appreciate her MC mm-hmm. energy in the show. Yes. Now is sort of this like makeshift narrator because yes. Tina, when she was like, yeah, I just voted Denali just to fuck with Rosé. I was like, that's what you do on a show. That's good. That's what I'm looking for. (laughs) Like, listen, I love, you know, I love the Kumbaya. We like when they all play nice. But there's a difference between playing nice and playing the game. And I felt like this was, I mean, if this was Survivor, I feel like they would have done the opposite. And they would have made sure that, like, Mm -hmm. Denali got that role. Oh, yeah. Oh, completely. And, you know, to kind of further this also, because if Tina's fucking with uh, Rosé by voting for Denali, mm-hmm. I, I also really appreciated Candy in this moment. Because when Candy or when Rosé was singing, Candy was that, was that you know, the mom in the audience like, oh, my God. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. Like over the top. Right. And then very little reaction with Denali. And so, I, and, you know, it was clear who... Candy wanted and I just love that she was pushing that narrative as well uh, for her friend you know um, yeah <laughs> it was I but but I I definitely found Tina's choice and it was just it was kind of like one of those examples of when something quote-unquote shady is done within the context of the competition like it's something that I'm here for that kind of shade because yes, it's fun it's not against somebody's character. It's right. not something you should take outside of the show. And it's all, like, appropriate in the game, you know? Like, yes. and, and that Tina was like, yeah, I'm just doing it to fuck with her. Like, I thought right. that was – it was finally like, oh, there's some edge here. I love that. And it made me a, a little more interested in Tina. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And the other thing that I appreciated was that you it, – it then cut to Tina and clearly Tina voted that way. And it didn't matter how she voted because – Mm-hmm. Yeah, majority at that point. Yeah, and so mm-hmm. Tina, she gave a little wink to Rose, and you know, it was like everybody understood what was going on, and Tina still was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna vote for Denali, bitch." Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, there's also if we're gonna look at the the best friends race of it all, there is also like Tina and Utica voting for Denali, so that somebody votes for Denali. You right. know, like right. Utica, Utica's vote for Denali was definitely coming from the sweetness of her little heart. You know, right? Exactly. Um, so, if we're gonna transfer this scenario to RuPaul Middle School, <clears throat> I also love this moment because it was the two gay guys competing every year for the lead. One is clearly better than the other. 
Uh, oh, and- I feel like anybody who is in their high school theater company, know, they're like, oh, oh, you mean Joe and Mike? Yeah, uh huh. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Yep. When we right. did Joseph, when yes. we did Sound of Music. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. And, and, mm-hmm. and it always came down to like, well, you know, Mike is actually a really good dancer, but man, not as yeah. good of a singer as Rose. Or it was like, oh, but he can't act. You know, it was always that. Mm-hmm. And I just love this dynamic between Rose and Denali fighting for the spotlight but it was it's clear that it's rosés right Mm -hmm. yeah i mean this was i think you know we've seen this with other challenges we saw this with um you know even alexis michelle with the the kardashians musical where it's like there has to be a point where these queens are like okay i think this i think i'm supposed to have Mm. this is supposed to be my challenge Mm -hmm. this is either the challenge i win or the challenge i fuck up on but this is my episode yes right right and i think rosé knew that and it, you know, it certainly didn't come across humble, but she wasn't wrong that this was kind of her challenge. Oh, I'm glad she pushed for it. I'm glad that she kept saying things like, oh, well, actually, that character, Foxy wouldn't actually say that. Or Foxy would do this. Foxy would do this. I'm like, ugh, that's so that kid in middle school or high school that just, like, mm-hmm. is just leaning the fuck in. And, you know, the other thing, though, about this is my episode to win, Utica very much could have won this episode because I that agree. verse, we'll talk about that later. But yeah, but because yeah. uh, we even saw that moment where Utica was like, no, I've been nice. I want this role. And then ugh. that that, that aside, ugh, if we're talking, you know, the stage and Broadway, the aside when she's like, I feel like I caused all this drama. Oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, and it was, you know, I think this was finally a moment where Utica wasn't going to be the get along kid, you know, mm-hmm. get along to get along, you know, go along to get along. And uh, I really liked when she was like, no, I think I'm going to keep the role. And she kind of like frown smiled at Denali like, mm, yeah, I'm going to have to like, I'm going to have to do this to you, you know. Uh, and then the guilt sets in of like, oh, no, what did I cause? It's like you didn't cause anything, girl. You just like, you got to do what you got to do. You yeah. know, you got to put you your oxygen mask on too, Miss Queen. Absolutely. So, so, <laughs> so in RuPaul Middle School, I feel like Elliot – kind of became this assistant drama teacher. Utica was the art teacher who's also a part of the auditions. They're all auditioning Rosé and Denali, but everybody knows that it's going to be Rosé. And, you know, I, I my, my heart goes out to Denali because I know that Denali really wanted. She's very talented, um, but she's that girl that goes home after the cast list is posted in front of everybody and then oh. cries to her mom and says she doesn't even want to be in the show anymore. Oh, like throws her book bag across mm-hmm. the foyer. It nearly hits the grandfather clock. Yeah, no, her her ice skates, right? Because she she mm-hmm. had ice skating practice. You know, they after clatter school. on the tile floor. Yeah, bring those upstairs. No, no. <laughs> Wait, did they post the cast list, Denali? <laughs> slam! It's just the bedroom door <laughs> slamming upstairs. Uh, and then you just hear dun, 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 dun. it's her just blasting chorus line in a room. <laughs> oh no, she'd be cast. Uh, she'd be uh, she'd be blasting like um, uh, from from Les Mis uh, on my own. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you'd hear her singing along, and then there's like there's her mother down in the foyer collecting the backpack, going, mm-hmm. she didn't get it, did she? Mm. <laughs> Yeah, she's on the phone with Rosé's mom, and Rosé's mom is just going on and on about how excited Rosé is, and oh, they're going to be in the show together, and oh, this is going to be great. We can carpool after you know uh, acting practice, whatever. I just, right. 
And uh, Denali's mom is is like I th- I love that these are people who don't even exist in the show. We've now right. completely <laughs> fan fictioned into these like as much as I'll judge the like Rose Nolly stands, we are literally creating a story about these queens' mothers. Like we are no better. <laughs> well, they're lovely. They're lovely mothers. They're lovely yeah, they're mothers because moms. they support. Yeah. They support their daughters so much because Denali is so talented. It's just, you know, she she's just not as good as Rose, and that's a hard thing for a mother to teach to her daughter you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah this is it's this is a real grow-up moment for denali yeah <laughs> yeah maybe hey, nolly nol yeah. hun nol right yeah, do you nolly? want to come down for dinner hey nol hey nolly you know i made dinosaur chicken nuggets <laughs> and smileys and, and, and you know maybe this is the conversation where nolly and her mother finally say you know maybe i should Mom, I'm thinking maybe I shouldn't audition for the musical next year, and I'll just maybe focus I'll focus on my ice skating. Yeah, I'll focus more on my ice skating. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, that's uh, what happens. This and is now then... a Beverly Cleary book. It's just when <laughs> the year that Denali grew up. You know, what would the Beverly Cleary book be called? <laughs> oh, um, um, good golly, Miss Denali. <laughs> Uh, how about um, well, if it was a Judy Bloom book, it would be Second Place by Judy Bloom. Yes, it's, it's Judy Bloom. Yeah. That's more yeah. that. Yeah, it's like, um, hello, God, are you there? It's me, Denali. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know, the storyline goes into the Anne Hathaway segment uh, later, which I also course. love. I love, um, yeah. you know, because would her it be brush great? with celebrity? Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Guess uh, who's downtown signing books? Anne Hathaway. We have to go see her. She's at the Walden Books on Main Street. I don't want to go. I don't even want to be in a musical anymore. Oh, come on, Nolly. Let's do this. Come on. You love Anne. <laughs> we waited all night to see her in Les Miserables. <laughs> right. You saved up all your money for that Rachel getting married DVD. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you used to pretend to be Princess Diaries when you were a kid. Um, I, yeah, whatever happened to my little Nal Nal? <laughs> oh God, I I just I don't know. It's the idea of Denali being Nali, right? In our June yeah. Bloom book, she's makes, finally found a character in this podcast. I just she's love Nolly. it. I love it. I'm kind of like, oh, sweetheart, it's okay. Yeah, I see okay. it. I yeah. I see this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Rose, you know, obviously, Rose is actually the BSA in this story. It's all about Denali, which is very interesting that we're mm-hmm. kind of s- switching it because this episode was very much Rose's episode, but we're taking we're taking this to a different level. So, right, Rose in that narrative is more interesting as the like as the supporting character who's always like, you know, a the sort winner. of a, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. The Shannon Doherty in Friends Till the End. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I know that's a very very awful and nuanced reference, but is somebody that... will get it. That, was that a TV movie? Was Tori Spelling in that? Why do I know what that is? Okay, Friends so it's not Tori Spelling, but she looks like Tori Spelling. Yeah, I'm going to give a quick Google. Friends yeah, till the so end, because I know this. Yeah, Jer- 1997. Uh, right. Jeremy London's brother? Or is it Jeremy London? Oh, oh, because she's a pop singer. Oh, my yes. God. Yes. yes. Oh, my God. Okay, so 
don't uh, be, I don't want to hear about it. It's like this, oh God, it's so cringy and so wonderful. I love that movie as growing up. I loved it. Shannon so hard Jordy, to find now. Uh, Jennifer Blanc That's Mel Bean. Maybe yeah, she's married she to Michael Zane. Bean. Mm-hmm. Jason London is in it, of course. Oh, Jason, okay, Jeremy's brother, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I feel like we've talked about this movie before because I remember have. scanning this cast looking yes. for names and I'm like, yes. I don't know any other names here. We have. So. They, uh, it, it's one of those movies that like a few people know about and more and more learn about it because, you know, Shannon Doherty, that name just like pops. Um, but it is one of those TV movies that if you watched it, you watched it. And they kept airing it for like a whole year. Uh, this was like probably around 1996. It was it was 97. Oh, um, 97. Okay. Okay. Yeah, or maybe it was. Yeah, it was like early 97. Um, oh, it's definitely on YouTube. Oh, good. Okay, good. It's, yeah. It's it's one of those lifetime movies that for some reason made it onto VH1 because it was music. It was a movie that rocked. Yeah. Yes, it was a movie that. Rocked. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it actually it actually rocked. So we moved oh, it to be. Oh, is that is that a movie that rocked? Yeah. Oh, that rocked. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, anyway, I you know the audition, uh, which is also the name of like every book that an actor buys. Oh, <laughs> it's like a book that I got for my birthday after the first like <laughs> show in the high school theater <laughs> company I was in. You know where I played like the first. Show, I was only in three shows. I was in Honk. I was in this other weird little show called In the Beginning where I played God, and then I was in How to Succeed in Business. And, um, you know, and I didn't... Uh, it's so the I, gift that your parents or somebody gives the, you. Yes. It's the gift that I would get from my, like, uncle after, like, seeing me in Honk. Yeah. Right, right. Cause, and, and you had, like, two lines. I, right. had a, I, had a, I had a Beatrice Strait kind of role. I had, like, two little scenes, but, like, oh. I packed a punch. I played, I played the reporter. I didn't have, to, I didn't have any solo music songs, Reporters. which was great. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I played good. this, like, yeah. Um, and I had a Cockney accent long before Drag Race UK recap. So. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Six uh, months on and no sign of the duckling. That's one of my lines. Uh, I feel like the audition is also the name of a scene that's found in like a scene book for young actors. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, that's I mean, that's literally I literally have. It's actually it's it's monologues, but it's the same concept. Oh, okay. And, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. It's the somewhere audition. where like. The Actor's Nightmare by Christopher Durang would show up in that. Oh, you know? for sure, for sure. And I was mm-hmm. in that. I was in that uh, in, in my acting class. We put oh, it on in the acting class, right? Anyway, uh, yeah, uh, that's how I learned about Waiting for Godot. Because, you know, there were so many references in An Actor's Nightmare that young actors don't know about that you have to look up, which I mm-hmm. also thought was brilliant. Um, right. Kind of gets anyway. you to catalog. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Anyway, let's talk about this musical. There's lots to say, I feel, and I know some of it will spill into unpopular opinions, but uh, before we jump in, Mary, why don't we tell our Marys what they're listening to? Well, they are, of course, listening to another episode of All Right, Mary. All right, Mary. All right, Mary, which is, of course, our pod- our beady beady little podcast, to be correct, about all things draggy, queeny, campy, and queer. I'm Johnny, and I want five, six, and several eights with Jamal. Jazz hands. Mm. And I'm Colin, and don't mind my vibrato. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the vibrato. The I vibrato. I was like, I got one of those in my bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you got to clean it, you know? You do. Uh, soap yeah. and water. Don't put it in yeah. the dishwasher. Yes. Maybe a little rubbing alcohol, you know? Oh, I. yeah, maybe. Um, I don't know. Fort Trough. Your friends over. To, you have to yeah. use that special powder. I don't know. Oh, you mean the one they make the fisting lube with? Or? <laughs> <laughs> talking about that powder? <laughs> no. Talking about J Lube? Uh, well, Marys, we have a lot to cover this episode. We're going to talk about the nuances of Utica and the Talking Heads. We're going to talk about Anne Hathaway. We're going to talk about that musical and break it down. Um, the BSA moment, that lip sync. This is a huge episode. Um, and, you know, it also did something to the fandom by not having anybody go home, which I thought was a very interesting thing to read over the weekend, uh, everybody's reactions to somebody mm. being saved, which for the first time people were like not – well, they were mixed about it, which I just – you know, it was very, just very interesting. Um, so we're going to get to all of that. But before we do, we're going to take a little break. But we'll be back. This week on the All Right Mary Patreon. All right, Tia Coffee. I'll I'll go on the record of saying like the quintessential example of a pizza queen, replacing Katya as the quintessential example of a pizza queen. I think she's a great example of someone who didn't do well on Drag Race, but it didn't matter that she didn't do well on Drag Race because she did well on Drag Race. I thought RuPaul was going to get up there, girl, and start, yeah. like, shaking Tia's ass for her. <laughs> right, right. Just show me those legs! <laughs> Could you imagine? She's like, let me see them! Get you a boyfriend that looks at you like the cast of UK looked at Ellie. You know, the point that was made was, like, oh, of course, the comedy queen always doesn't do well in Snatch Game. And... I can think of one roll example. Yeah, roll the tape. To hear all that and more, go to patreon.com slash all right, Mary. All right, Mary. Well, let's let's talk about Anne Hathaway. Let's let's talk about Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway, you know, say what you want about Annie, but it's very interesting that she was picked to be on this episode because Talk about a queen who was bullied off of social media, right? Like, yeah, it's kind of interesting how fitting she was as like a as a mini guest. Yeah, I, I at first when it was Anne came on the screen, I was like, Anne, you know. And then I remembered, I'm like, wait, I don't really hate Anne Hathaway. I just I think I've just been told to hate hate Anne Hathaway, right? Which is mm -hmm. so odd because I love <clears throat> most of the movies that she's been in. Um, it's, it's very rare that I'm, you know, that I'm just like hating it. I don't know. Well, I think, you know, I mean, obviously she's, she's, you know, when people know her from Les Mis and winning the Oscar, so there's like a musical connection, but I think there's also, when people talk about like, what's the, what's the Anne Hath, you know, Anne Hathaway hate, you know, mm -hmm. um, what's that about? I think it's, it kind of goes back to our, our fever dream of an act one of this podcast episode of like musical theater girls you know of like sure. musical theater kids let's let's be general about it the boys are not exempt um but there's that energy there's that like you know paper mill playhouse energy you know what i mean mm. like uh she's she is that kind of like you know or has come across you know maybe when she was younger as that that eager um you know wide-eyed the uh, Leah michelle 
The, yes, yes. The Rachel exactly. Barry. Yeah. Yes. And I think people just kind of ran with that when it's like, well, okay, maybe she was like that when she was younger, but she's like an adult. Like she's 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 probably moved on from that. And I think people just didn't like allow that. And then she made the mistake of hosting the Oscars with James Franco and, you know, carried all the, the brunt of the hate for that. And I think it was just I think it just became popular to hate on her. But like Yeah, yeah I mean She's I, I, the aforementioned Rachel getting married. I love that movie. Oh she's great in that. She's brilliant in that movie. That movie yeah. is great. Yeah, uh, I, there was a moment. I, I feel like she tweeted out like, "I think I'm going to go away for a little while," or she said that in like an interview because somebody interviewed her and like, "Why does everybody hate you?" And she's like, "I don't know," and I think I'm just going to go away for a little while. And she did. Um, <clears throat> and I think you know gave people time to reflect. Maybe I don't know. I, I still think that there is some remnants of Anne Hathaway hate that we just kind of have to scrub off. I mean, did people hate her as Catwoman in the Batman movies, maybe? I mean, I don't know. I, don't I loved know. her in Ocean's 8. I thought she was hilarious. Yeah, I, I, I'm trying to think of other things I've seen her in. I did see her in Les Mis, and I thought she was great. I didn't. I think she completely earned the Oscar. She was, she, there was nothing, like, it was very, I was, I was surprised, like, how, uh, I don't know, impactful that was because I thought, oh, is this just going to be kind of like lost in like the the ornamentation of a musical theater performance? But she like turned it the fuck out. Mm. And uh, I yeah, I don't know. I don't know what people think of her now, but she was she has that moment in Brokeback Mountain. She has that phone call at the end. Uh, that is like uh, It's such a micro moment. It's such a nuance. She does that like mm, that little. hmm. Oh, uh, God, I know exactly what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Like, you got to give it to her, Biella. Like, she's like, I, I don't think it'd be at all fair to say she's a bad actress. I think people can say they don't like her personality or her persona, but you can't say she's a bad actress. Like, she's great. Yeah, I agree. I don't know what it is. It, uh, maybe it's maybe it's because like what you're saying, there is that like acting school sheen that's on mm -hmm. her. Mm -hmm. There is that that quality that can that maybe makes sense in like the theater department of a liberal arts college, but mm -hmm. like outside of it, it's just kind of like, it's kind of like, you know, once pudding touches air, it starts to grow a film on the top, you know, like I, she started to grow a skin and people were like, ugh. but <laughs> you know, I think she's self-aware enough to scrape the skin off, you know? Oh, sure. And you know, it was cause you know, early aughts, she was, you know, it was kids movies, right? Princess diaries, Ella enchanted. And then, you know, it became Brokeback Mountain. And then Devil Wears Prada is when it was like, oh, okay, gay, right? Suddenly like, I see. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're killing me. I love it. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, what makes you think I don't have an interest in fashion? Um, yeah, what makes you think I don't have an interest in Anne Hathaway? <laughs> <laughs> right. And then she kind of just, I don't know, it just, it kind of lessened a little bit. Uh, I feel like between 2014, 15, and 2018, she had like a little bit of a break. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, say what you want about the witches. I don't want to say anything about the witches, but. I didn't uh, see it. I mean, I, and I feel like the movie failed in ways beyond Dan Hathaway. It was much. Yes. Very that. Mm -hmm. Very that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'll retain my memories of the 1990 version with Angelica Houston. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. Keep it. Yeah. Keep it. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. But no, so it's just interesting that she gets that, that she has that thing. I mean, she she starred across Meryl Streep. Yeah. I mean, and I, I, yeah. And like, Julie right? Andrews, right? Like, these are right? big things. These are big yeah. things. Yeah. 
And I'm like, I would love to see. Obviously, she there, we saw a variation of this in Les Mis in terms of her just like going for broke and like really wringing the rag out in a role. But I'd love to see more of that. Like, I think, you know, I'm I'm open to somewhere in the next five years, like Anne Hathaway having her like a Frances McDormand kind of role. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like, I want to see like, you know, her three billboards. You know, um, yeah. that's <laughs> yeah, three billboards outside Montclair, New Jersey. You know. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I, it, it's hard to read her now as like a struggling mother or, you know, it, she seems so put together. I think she does right. need to that, show more of her hives, if, if I can yes, be honest. Yes, the hives. That was, you know, no pun intended, that was the breaking point for me of like, okay, we need to give Anne a break because she's a human being. She's got hives on her neck. Why, yeah. why are we hating on this woman? Exactly. Uh, she's exactly. showing vulnerability. RuPaul would love this. <laughs> If he saw this segment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if, <laughs> you're, you're terrible, Muriel. Um, <laughs> she was a little too close to the camera, though, right? Um, I mean, I personally, Colin Drucker would have backed up. But, hey, I mean, she's got a ring light. Uh, I did wonder for most of it, or half of it at least, if it was all pre-recorded and they were just being piped questions to ask that would feed in with her pre-taped answers. No, no, no. No, I know, I know, because then she and Denali, you know, then Nolly was like, hi, hi, Miss Hathaway, I love you. Uh, I'm an ice skater, and then... Well, you know, but no, it was Got Mick that was... Oh, God, I loved Got Mick for this, because I think... I don't don't think Got Mick meant it to be shady. I think Got Mick was like, no, I gotta gotta help Nolly out here, right? So Got Mick becomes this best friend that goes to the book signing with Anne Hathaway and is like, hey, hey, my friend really needs your help. She's really sad. She didn't get cast in the role that she wanted. Help her out, Anne. And then the whole book signing becomes about Anne Hathaway and Nolly. And it's also this like PR moment with oh, Anne and all of her people. Oh, it's I loved it. It's such a moment. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. And Rosé is just so mad at school yes! on Monday that yes! Nolly's getting all this attention. Yes! She was, yeah, because she maybe she uh, trends on Twitter because of it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. And Nolly is the new <laughs> portmanteau. <laughs> or Denanley, Denanley, <laughs> Denathaway. <laughs> oh God! And Rose is like, well, I still got the part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatever, Rosé, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because also Rosé, I also, I think Rosé, she's not the mean girl that gets the role. She likes Denali, but she just knows she's good. So I don't think Rosé, I think Rosé would certainly be jealous if uh, she got that, you know, uh, viral moment, That if Denali got that viral moment. But she also still loves Denali, right? Like, she's not a friends. villain. Yeah. yeah. She's not a, yeah. Um, which in, in the world of RuPaul's Drag Race as well, if I were to bring us back to the workroom for just a second, not that I, not that I mind <laughs> this suburban fantasy in the least. <laughs> Trust and believe both. But <clears throat> um, I also was wondering this episode with the talking heads we were getting of Rosé, were they kind of throwing a little villain energy into the, into the mix? Because – you know what I mean? Like, uh, like we need some kind of antagonizing energy, and you know, Candy's not going to be that this season. You know, like and Tina's not. Like, I wondered if we were just seeing Rose making at her shadiest to kind of also paint that picture of like, um, she's a bit of the villain versus the underdog. You know what I mean? I don't think I, it fully played out as villain. I don't think it's so. Just, I think, it just had notes of that, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think that we're 
getting a new edit on Drag mm-hmm. Race of basically the tagline is what's wrong with being confident, right? And it's like, no, mm-hmm. you do have to be deluded or or keep pushing and keep pushing and and keep insisting, right? And that there is something okay about that. And it's it's not her being arrogant. She just knows that this is her time to shine and that's okay. When people know that they're good at something, that's okay and we need to allow that. Yeah, it's I mean it's it is that that refrain that all these queens or a lot of these queens go back to of like you know, we have to remember it's it's still a competition. You know, eventually yeah. they remember. Oh, <clears throat> I'm having so much fun here at RuPaul's Summer Camp for Girls, but like, <laughs> I do need to win a couple challenges while I'm here. You know, right? Maybe I'll leave the mess hall and I'll I'll go out yeah. to the, the, maybe, the jungle gyms. <laughs> yeah, I need to get a couple of badges before you know, so I have something to show for myself when my mom pulls up. You know, end of August to pick me up. <laughs> Right, I can't just have you know poison ivy and you know rip sleeping bag. I gotta, yeah, I, I gotta have something else. I'm not gonna get into the way back of that Dodge Windstar or that for whatever whoever makes the Windstar. But in my mind, I'm seeing a Windstar. Oh, so. I I'm with you, Mary. I'm with you. I I feel like it was in a movie, but because I never did sleepaway camp like that, you know. Um, but I, I totally yeah, I, totally I didn't either. See it. Totally I, the idea of sleepaway camp. Oh my god, my I was too sensitive of a kid to. Oh, to be, like, I know. Away from I think my long. mom knew that. Yeah, I think my mom knew that. That I'm like, yeah. oh no, he's fat. He's gay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even day camp was a problem because around two o'clock in the afternoon, I start to panic. You know. Oh really? No, day camp oh, for yeah. me was was the acting. Like I, every summer, I did summer stock theater, and it was you know from ten a.m. to two thirty, and it was great. Well, I was that's, living that's my fun. gayest life. Yeah. I, I, I had like a different day camp experience where it was more of like, well, Colin, like you need to make some friends. You need to be doing something active. You can't just be sitting around all the time. And so it was like doing something I didn't want to do. And just like, it was like, mom, it's been two months. This isn't happening. And actually, finally, my mom conceded because there was a camping trip. It was a, it was a, a day camp through like the Y and there was a camping trip and we all had to like pair up for like tent buddies, but like. I was Denali in this case. Like I was, Aww. you know, I, I was le- like no one had picked me. So I was left with the, you know, the, the kid that nobody wanted to be in the tent with. And you can picture Aww. in your mind who that kid was like. It, and I was like, I that can't believe. <laughs> I, oh, girl. No, this is beyond like this is like I I this is not like barely functioning. Oh. And I was like, oh, I cannot believe I'm on this shelf. Like, I can't believe this is what it's come down to. And I was just like, mom, I, I, you can't do this to me. And finally my parents were like, okay, skip the camping trip. Fuck wow. it. And it was, a, it was a big moment. Uh, and that was, I think, when they finally gave in of like, okay, you gave it a good shot for a few months, <laughs> but you don't have to do the camping trip and share a tent with that bologna sandwich of a human being i feel like that's when your parents were like okay our son is gay yeah uh, all right well, it was i think it was many years ago when they had to come to that conclusion but i think uh it merely just kind of uh reinforced it in marker yeah well back to anne hathaway i i i did love her in this segment i thought i was pleasantly pleasantly surprised at the advice that she was able to give i was happy that they added her in despite this pandemic. I think we have to just recognize that also, you know? Um, yeah, I thought it, it was, I mean, I don't know if if 
in other situ- in other conditions if she would have been there live like that would have been really cool to see this kind mm-hmm. of conversation happening mm-hmm. thinking of like the untucked with like lady gaga or christina aguilera we're all just like sitting around you know tell us more life advice tell us more you know like i wanted i wouldn't have minded i know anne hathaway is a big fan of drag race and i kind of wanted her to have that moment you know like right this was a bit of like glenn close winning her oscar over zoom this year you know right right um, yeah, I probably just would have called her Emily the whole time. <laughs> oh, and she would have loved it. That's the thing is like, I Anne know. Hathaway would have, I feel like yeah. she would have gotten the joke and laughed at it. And <laughs> that's why I'm not a hater. Yeah. <laughs> um, she gave some great advice. She talked about stealing the show. You're not playing an accent. You're playing a person. Um, mm. I also loved her, you know, lifting up the show and RuPaul, you know, the idea of RuPaul making RuPaul or queens like RuPaul, if I could just add in, um, making the lane for what is okay a little bit wider, right? Mm-hmm. I, she had a very smart read on drag, and I, you know, I love that. I love. Well, she, yeah, she called it a transgressive act of joy. Ugh, God. And I was like, well, I jerk and... off to that kind of shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I'm right. Just like, I was like, girl. put that on a tote bag and then jerk off into it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, a, transact- a trans- tr- transgressive act of joy is jerking off, Mary. Think about that. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> that's very true. It's like, oh, no, I'll come when I want to. Yeah. <clears throat> and I'm going to come everywhere, all over this hotel room. Yeah, yes. yeah, all over my tits. <laughs> Which is all like over this, my tits. <laughs> you know, and I, it's like I realize, like, that's a Dragula recap reference, like the, the Venn diagram of people listening right now who know what I'm talking about. Right, right, right. It's like I should just at least be like, it's a reference. It's a thing. <laughs> yeah, no, it's okay. Um, you know, she, she loves the wigs. She loves the puns. She loves boob jokes and tuck boob jokes. jokes. Yeah. I'm just yeah. like, Anne Hathaway, okay. Like, I yeah. wish you were here. I wish you were here on the panel. You know, I, I want to hear some her. of her puns. Yeah, I wouldn't mind her as a guest judge. Yeah. 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 So anyway, that's our love for Anne Hathaway. Mm-hmm. Um, Hathaway. Yeah. Uh, I, you know. Sashay Hathaway. <laughs> <laughs> no. I figured it's now or never, girl. I had to make the pun, you know. <laughs> well, if we're going to make the Devil Wars Prada reference, instead of Sashay Away, RuPaul just looks at her, looks at the queen, smiles, and then goes, Go. Yeah, that's all. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's all. That's a good one, too. That's yeah. a good way to send somebody home. I love that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, what are my twins supposed to do with one copy? Share. <laughs> <laughs> Boogie boards or something. <laughs> For spring break. Oh. <laughs> uh. Anyway, uh, so this musical, Mary, um, I, before we talk about the musical, just briefly, I want to say Michelle Visage is the choir teacher works for me in the fantasy. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I also because when I in high school, going back to my my famed musical theater days, there was it the the musical theater director wasn't one of the teachers. It was like some woman that they hired. Oh, OK, that's right. OK, that's um, Michelle Visage. Got and, it. And she was like. It, it was as if we had hired Kate Bush. I was like, I don't. Where did we find this woman? She They're came running up like that, that hill and right into our school. You know, oh my god, like... I know these freelance high school yes. acting teachers. Oh, and she and she just. I, I never saw her eat anything, but I definitely uh, saw her sip a lot of hot water with lemon. You know? Oh my god, totally, and and tea, obviously. Mm-hmm. No, from they, like a paper is, cup. Yeah. Yes, that is a br- 
breed of people because it's male and female and they all yeah. belong in the same thing. Sometimes they're college grads that come back, right? Uh, sometimes they're yeah. like mothers or aunts in the community. But for, from my fantasy and my standpoint, it was always this like random woman, right? Yeah, this, this witch who lives <laughs> yes, at the end of a cul-de-sac. This, this yeah. fabulous witch that dresses yeah. a certain way, has those sunglasses for Long sure. Long hair. Yes. Yeah. Talks yeah. to 15-year-olds about intention. <laughs> oh, we had character journals, Mary. Like... <laughs> Oh, she got emotional about how to succeed in business without really trying. <laughs> so, like, you know, the, the the truth about addiction in Coffee Break, you know, like it was just like, oh, Anne. Her name was Anne. Um, I won't say her last name. I don't know. Can I could? No, I could. Uh, her, well, we didn't call her Anne. We called her Miss Curdo. That was her name. Oh, Miss um, Curdo. Okay. Miss Curdo. And she was... Uh, She's great. Yeah. I mean, she's great. She's great. Yeah. As a um, young gay boy, she was, I'm glad to have that kind of woman in my life, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, no. Oh, for sure. For, for, for girls and boys, gay boys mostly, mm -hmm. um, to have that woman, that witch come in and yeah. be like, no, the world is easier or the world is harder than this, kids. It depends yeah. on the energy, right? It depends on the day and how much she had to drink the night before, where the witch yeah. she says, you know? Oh, yeah. She was a glimpse into like, oh, okay. Like, <laughs> I, if keep I an kept eye out drinking, for... yes, this is yeah. what would happen. Yeah. I could turn into Kurt, Miss Curdo, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, she was also the one who you did keep emailing with after high school. I would have. I don't know if Miss Curdo had email. I think she may have. <laughs> um, I think she, I think everything was transcribed in her character journal and then, you know, <laughs> photocopied. Um, so I also want to talk about the sexy chemistry teacher, chemistry teacher, but the person who also coaches the cheerleading squad and the after-school step team, Jamal Sims. Oh, oh, he's such a classic, like, male cheerleading coach energy. Yes, like, who, who's also, like, some sort of science teacher. It's very specific mm -hmm. to me that, that Mr. Sims teaches a science. And for me, I just got chemistry. I mean, I, I would not mind a little chemistry with Jamal Sims. <laughs> well, Mary, I mean, that shirt. Mary, uh, the low-cut... I'm just like, oh, I, I, I get it. I get it. Why low cut shirts on anybody, you know, are just, it's a style. It's, it's great. It's some, you're doing something very specific. Oh, I just, my need to make Jamal Sims proud of me is like mm. toxic. Like I could never actually fulfill that because yeah. Oh, Jamal. I, you know, I just want him to rub that chest all over my face. Like it was that mm -hmm. type of moment. And even his faces during the, the performance, I was living for Jamal this episode when I think they cut to him during Candy's verse. And he was just doing that, like that smile. That's not a smile that you see that woman that did it at the Oscars or something that gif. Uh, is that it during smile? the performance or the rehearsal? It was during the performance, I think. Oh, because I do remember a couple looks of like, huh? Like oh. it was this. It was like you were smiling with your teeth, but not your eyes. Oh, oh, the Chrissy Teigen uh, oh, gif. Yeah, Chrissy yes. Yes. Oh. yes. Yeah, that was like a boy. That was like a fun game of like uh, twenty-five thousand dollar pyramid. Yeah. There we go, Mary. Thank you. I'm getting old, but anyway, this musical, I. Where? How does this rank for you? Because I wrote down all of the past musicals. At first, I was like, "Wait, they're singing this. 
they're not singing this live. They're lip syncing themselves. And then I rem- then I just was like, okay, how many were lip synced? How many were sung live? Mm-hmm. How many were their vocals, right? And so obviously, right. Rats, Rats the Musical this year was, li- excuse me, live singing, right? Mm-hmm. They sung that live. Drag Race Holland's Maxima Musical was lip sync. Uh, last year's Madonna, season twelve, was live singing. Oh, it was live singing. I think it that wasn't... was live singing. Was wow. It? Oh no, no, they do record. They do record it. Because I'm, I mean, because all I'm, all I ever think about when I think of that challenge, of course, is Jada. And I was like, well, that, I think that was probably not live, but. Uh, no, you're right. You're absolutely right because it was I want to rule the world, right? Mm-hmm. Jan's uh, moment. Um, so maybe that they did lip sync their own vocals, but normally right. it's not their own vocals. Share the musical was sung live. That was yep. Shade the musical was sung live. Yep. And I think that's it because Pharma musical was lip syncs and it wasn't their voices. Glamazonian Airways. Bitch Perfect was all lip sync, not their vocals. Kardashian, not their vocals. Trump the Musical, not their vocals. Diva's mm-hmm. Lip Sync Live, not their vocals. History of the World, not their vocals. And Drag Race Thailand, not their vocals. Wow. Wow. Well, uh, yeah, I um, I feel like I don't, I don't mind. I, I think having it be live vocals is makes it a, a little bit more of an interesting challenge. Um, I agree. There's another thing to judge, another thing to kind of find. I think that they must they must choose based on the cast. Yeah, it's a it's a good question of like how do they come to that conclusion of whether the, if they're going to use the queen's actual vocals whether they do pre-recorded or live. Like what right. what informs that because certainly like, you know, it was Elliot with auto tune, you know, like they uh-huh. they clearly needed to put something on on Elliot's vocals. I, you know, Candy, Simone they didn't. put it on Candy's. They didn't put it on Simone's. No, yeah, um, and that's interesting too, right? I guess there's that's also that part of it of like, oh, we could also modify it a bit or not modify it. You know, um, I know that they say they don't edit these queens to sound worse than they are, but or no, they always edit the queens to sound and look better than they do. Yes, I or believe as best that. as they can, I but. I also think that if they didn't auto tune Elliot, Elliot would have probably been in the bottom. That that because he was so auto tuned, you know. Uh, yeah, I, I maybe I, I don't know. I I feel like with Candy. So here's what I found: like overall, the vocals were the vocals. I don't think the judges were like, oh, but you couldn't sing. They were really just looking for you to pop. Um, in terms yeah. of your acting and what you were doing and the dancing, because it, if if from my standpoint, it was like, OK, you're going to do your vocals and you're going to do them as best you can. And then we're going to make them all kind of sound good. They didn't have any sort of shady vocal, I think, on purpose for people. No, no. And, and it's interesting, the idea of like we're not it doesn't really matter whether you can sing. And this actually then became. <clears throat> the thing about Simone was like it doesn't really matter that you can't sing it's like how do you still perform despite that like what do you do with those limits and I thought that was I, I think that's a more interesting not to contradict myself but is a more interesting critique you know yes. what I mean it's like okay well then you know how do you come out here and sell me on the on on these you know this singing regardless of how it sounds and I right. think that's more of what they're looking for from these queens is like Sell me on you, regardless of your strengths and weaknesses, you know? Yeah, and and for that, I thought 
the judging was accurate. I thought Simone uh, Candy was a very different story for me, but Simone getting out of that phone, it took forever. I was like, what? What is going? <clears throat> yeah. It was like a scene from The Grudge. I was like, or not The Grudge, The Ring. I was like, this is Yeah. This is well, bad. It was like Mary Kate Olsen playing, you know, the girl <laughs> from The Ring. Cuz she had the glasses on and the hair and it was just like <laughs> Uh, Jinx Monsoon in a mini. Yes, couch. that's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> literally. Um. Yeah. The that I don't know. Simone certainly. I was like, okay, you're gonna be in the bottom, and I was surprised yeah. because I was like, like, there's there's no no runway that could make up for this. And when yeah, I'm, I don't even think we need to talk too much about the runways because for me it was just it was so much about this musical. The musical was so long. Right. Which mm-hmm. you either loved or hated. When the Russians came out, I was like, oh, my God, that's right. There's two more. Right. There's still more. Yeah. <laughs> um, so for me, again, the, the judging was fair. I have to say, though, but we could talk a little bit about Candy. I loved how Candy said resume. I for that, I was like, OK, props. I know that wasn't was, her performance, but was, was Candy supposed to be LinkedIn? Yes. <laughs> Oh my yes, god. She was LinkedIn. Oh my god. I was like, are you LinkedIn right now? <laughs> She's LinkedIn. Uh, I mean, okay. I mean, it's it, that was uh sure, I guess that counts. It is social media, but it's just like it's so dry, I guess in comparison of like kind the of like her vagina. Oh, sorry. Um yeah, no, it is so dry. LinkedIn is like the thing that everybody's on that nobody talks about, right? They don't really Yeah. You know, oh, LinkedIn. Oh, my God. It's. Ugh. yeah, it's not. There, there's just it, there's nothing fun about it. Yeah. Yeah. But in terms of Candy's performance, I was expecting a lot more from Candy. And I think she was just focused on that choreo because her face did not have the lip sync face that I think we saw in the past. And then even this week, it was clear that for me that. Candy looked great and she was doing all the moves, but there was just something dim about it. Um, Yeah, I think, you know, when Ross was giving her critiques and had said, like, there's a precision in this that's lacking. And I thought, Mm -hmm. well, that's that was it for me was like you it 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 needs to feel like you're in control of this performance, you know. Right. Um, And I think that's that I thought that critique was actually really interesting, you know, as a larger one for Candy of like we need like there needs to be more precision here. Like there needs to be more of like, it's not just you coming out as like a ball of fun. Like it can't be you playing that clown character in the RuPaul Mark challenge every week. You know, uh-huh. like we need to like, like, and, and there've been moments like I, you know, we love that, that black little black dress runway she did. And then that lip sync that week, there's moments where she's super precise and like nails it. And it's like, okay, but that's, it has to be that all the time, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. And also, a lot of people did very well this week. Um, I, I think we'll, I'll save Elliot for last, but uh, I do want to say Got Mick, Got Mick very much deserved to be in the top. I think mm-hmm. actually it was Denali, I don't think I would have put in the top. Um, I think I would have put Tina in the top, if I'm being honest. Because um, Got Mick totally overshadowed Denali. Got Mick Completely. was so so funny in the face and the body it just totally worked it was so well executed 
I actually thought they were gonna they were gonna you know pull a you know they were gonna pull a Jan on Rose and they were gonna give it to Got Mick this week because oh. even in the critiques they were like like she got it like she and and there was that whole like breakthrough element that like this was not something in her wheelhouse and not right. only did she figure it out but she shined and she oh you know overshadowed the dancer next to her and. I I would have given it to Got Mick. I also I also thought her runway I think was the one I was the most interested in huh. of all of them. So oh I, I did love the the runway. We we have seen a crash dummy before. I think Denali did it a few weeks ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, maybe I'll talk about that on unpopular opinions because the taxi look. I mean, we're seeing mm. a lot of repeats, and maybe I don't need to save it because it's just so quick. We're seeing a lot of repeats in looks, and I think we're. We need to, as Drag Race fans and as Drag Race girls, come to some sort of understanding of, hey, folks, don't use the same designers. You know what I mean? Like, it's okay that they're using designers. I think it's great. I think it's great for the drag economy and and whatnot. But, like, now it's happening a lot. And Well, and – but I think, you know, this week in the case of, like, Candy and Elliot, it's like surely they were using – you know, different designers. Like of they're, course. They're, you know, but it's like, there's, because there's also the element of like, I don't know, uh, is it just kind of, you know, once again, an unfortunate coincidence? You know what I mean? Like, that there's, oh, and it is. What could yeah. be done, you know? It is. No, you're absolutely right. I guess the point I'm trying to make about different designers and stylists and wigs and all that is that at some point, at some point, if, if the same people and the same, you know, at some point, the creativity of challenges and how we enter a, a challenge needs to break free. There's a reason why it's happening so much more now. That's all I'm trying to say. And mm-hmm. and and granted, I don't know if I have if I'm if I'm even have the answer with, you know, oh, it's because we're using the same designers and the same stylists. I don't even know if that's the correct answer. But I do think that the discussion needs to be started. Of hey, why is this happening? That's all I need to say. Certainly this season, I I think, other than like, you know, infamous kimono runways, um, <clears throat> this season has had with with Olivia and with uh and now with Elliot and Tina and Olivia and uh Candy, like and Olivia and Samoa and like it it's surprising how many like, huh. Oh, we just saw that yeah. a couple weeks ago. Denali and, and got Mick. Um Denali and Veronica's snake hair, Ahora and Sister's Chips look. Mm-hmm. Like this yeah, is happening. Yeah. Even across the the um, the franchises, it's yeah. it's interesting, um, but it's I don't know. I guess the the devil's advocate argument would be like the devil wears know, advocate. Sorry. The devil wears advocate. Um, it's a whole look made out out of pages from the Advocate magazine, a pile of um, stuff <laughs> from a pile of stuff. Uh, so, you know, you look at like Project Runway and it's like there's probably been so many designs that have come out of the runway where it's like, oh, my God, I've seen that before. I've seen that before. I've seen that before. Mm, OK, like, OK, OK. But it's when it starts happening within the same season or the same year where it's right. like, why is this happening so much? That's <laughs> <laughs> very RuPaul. Why is this happening why so much? Happening so yeah. much? Yeah. yeah, no, you're right. You're right. If we saw it, I think on Project Runway, when things were repeated, you're like, well, so-and-so just did that. Or Michael Kors would be like, um, well, we saw this last week, right? Um, mm-hmm. It's too similar, right? I think I, – I don't – I like that the judges this season are not calling it out because they don't think it's fair, right? These queens yeah. aren't building their looks week to week. They're bringing them. And I think that that is not their fault that this happened because they're not allowed to – 
tell anybody they were on the show. They're not allowed to tell people what they're bringing. Like, that's not happening, right? So if they don't want this to happen, they need to figure out some sort of system. So I do love that they're not comparing, necessarily comparing Tina with Elliot or Olivia with Candy, right? Like, I, I think mm-hmm. that's good. Yeah, because <clears throat> it's like what what, you know, how constructive is that or like you know what would be the point i yeah, mean can't do what it brings it. up yeah what it brings up more for me is like oh when you've only got like you know nine queens on the runway and two of them are taxis like oh what else could we have seen you know and we and we saw this in drag race uk as well with like tiger print dresses you know like what else could we have seen and i just i would have loved to see a queen come out in some look that's essentially a banana and oh, then they I was peel it and then they peel it and then it's this like Oh. You know, sort of been like the the inside of the banana colored like you know bodysuit or bathing suit or a little skinny dress or something. Oh, you know, God, a nude even. A right? nude. I just I needed a banana on the runway. I needed a banana on the runway. I needed a Twinkie on the runway. Food oh, on the runway. <laughs> yeah, food on the runway. I want some more food looks. Like yeah, yellow food, right? Yellow food. Yeah, some mustard. Right, right. Some mustard. Um, mustard. I you know for too much. You know? <laughs> Am I reaching for the stars here? Yeah, am I reaching um, for the condiments? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I you know in terms of yellow, I think um, it's a great. It was a great challenge. It was it was a great idea, and basically, Rose was the only one that came out with a different color yellow, uh, which mm. was even critiqued as not being yellow enough. Oh man, we're totally talking about the runway right now, but that's okay. We'll go back to the musical in a second. We're allowed. Um yeah. I I it, it it was just very interesting because we only saw one very specific yellow. I mean, I guess I guess um Candy's was a little bit uh softer, which I appreciate. I loved Candy's look. Um but yeah, I was I was surprised. And I guess Denali had a different yellow. So that's a little bit different, I guess, but you know, it was it was odd. It was all yellow too. It wasn't like pops of yellow. Yeah, I th- I think for having such an open kind of theme, like the fact that there was any repetition was like, huh, really? Like, mm-hmm. how do we get two taxis? Yeah, <laughs> drag race with two taxis. <laughs> drag. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we didn't get any lemons, you know? We got no lemons. I got zero fruit on the runway overall. I, uh, yeah, I'm glad we didn't get any pineapple. I think that's been done. I think that's been done. Corn has been done. We missed a canary moment, right? I would have been okay. Another bird on the runway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a I think, baby chicken. Yeah, yeah of course. Um, I think we could have... We could have gotten some sort of bumblebee. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess Scott Mick had the black and yellow, but, you know, more of a bumblebee. That could have happened. That could have been pretty campy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, uh, there you go. That's what you get. There. There. Uh, the so, mellow so, yellow runway. <laughs> so this musical, um, Tina, I, I, Tina was in the top for me, Mary. I, the fact that they just were like, well, you stopped lip sync at the end. I thought that was a choice. I thought that yeah. was like, because I've seen queens do that, where they take you out of the moment and they do a little bit. Yeah. I thought that's what it was. <clears throat> I thought it was a bit of that as well, and maybe it didn't fully pop, but it was also like, Tina also has been on carrying this show the entire time. Like, not carrying in that no one else was doing well, but like, she has had to perform throughout the entire thing. And I think 
I thought she did a great job. I did not she, see. Uh, I didn't see any reason why she'd be in the bottom three. Um, no way. I definitely would have put Denali or Elliot or who else was safe. Uh, another safe queen, um, uh, Olivia. I wouldn't have put Olivia in the bottom. No, it would have been Elliot or uh, Denali in the bottom instead of Tina. I would have put Olivia's jeans in the bottom, but that wasn't her fault. I was like, are you wearing jeggings, Miss Lux? Excuse me, Miss Lux. Stand up. Are you wearing jeggings? That, uh, the, uh, that, that is one thing. I was like, boy, the costumes in this are so, like, let's just, like, it's such like a, a what is it, like a, a trunk show, you know, where it was just like... <laughs> That's what it felt like. A you know what it, show? I know what, what you're talking about. You know yes. what I mean? Like, it was know, very much like that. Into yes. the woods around about a million years ago? Or yes, at like, roundabout. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was very much a trunk show. I got that. But, you know, I think that's – it's a social media. You know, what were they going to do? Have like, you know, uh, like what they do in Dear Evan Hansen, like have all of the, the panels of like digital things going by. Like, I don't know. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. I, I think they did that in like the curious incident of the dog. At oh, sure. They well. did. Yes, yeah. yes, 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 um, yes. I guess it was just, it was surprising how, um, I guess I didn't expect a set, but I guess I just expected more from the costumes, you know? Well, certainly Olivia's, certainly Olivia's. Certainly. Um, <laughs> I, uh, so Tina, I don't know why she was in the bottom. I, she had comedy moments. Mary, the other thing that I, I just want to just praise this musical episode because it was better than most, if I'm being honest, better than most musicals. And they sung their own vocals. They learned these vocals in one day and recorded them, right? The fact that Tina was able to do that and Rosé were able to do that and then lip sync it the next day, memorized. Mm-hmm. Mary, I think even... Even oh. more so an accomplishment for Tina because of how much she had to do. Yes. And they talked about this in Untucked. I think Olivia was saying, you know, it's like, you know, when you're in something that, you know, the only point of reference you have is like some sheet music or a recording and then you have to like embody that character. Like it's really oh. challenging. And I think of all of them, that was the most challenging for Tina because everyone else was playing, you know, an archetype or a moment or a bit. Mm -hmm. And she had to kind of be this presence throughout. I just I was so shocked that that Tina wasn't given more credit for that just because she, you know, bungled a second of it. You know, do you th I know. Do you think that if Tina didn't have the wide baritone gay vibrato that Olivia talked about, I think she called her like an old person, the wobble, um, mm -hmm. which I don't think is quite a wobble. I think it's more of like the gay Broadway baritone that never, never got cast <laughs> never got yeah. hired um yeah uh do you think that if tina had rosé's type of voice that tina would have won it's a good question because i i kind of i loved that she was going to that ethel merman place yes, I was it's like, an aesthetic yeah, yes. it was great i was like she's a fucking drag queen named tina burner if oh. she doesn't sound like ethel merman what am i doing here you know i know i know i feel like tina um, I, I, I tweeted this out, but I, I, I want to say it, and this is an Easter egg for the end of our episode, but like cast Tina and Alexis in Ruthless the Musical, bring that back. People will flock to that theater to see them both switch roles between 
uh, uh, Sylvia St. Croix and uh, the, the, not the mother, but the other one uh, for our musical Marys that understand what I'm saying. Like have them, you know, the one who sings, I hate musicals, right? The grandmother. Mm -hmm. um, have Tina play the grandmother and Alexis play uh, Sylvia St. Croix on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays, and then have them switch roles for the other days. That's all I'm saying. The, Tina is so, she is that old and, and this isn't shady, but she does have that aesthetic of being that mm -hmm. grand dame, right? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, like that's yeah, that that's lean into that. That's great. Uh, you know, I mean, I think uh, the judging on her this week, yeah, was kind of surprising. Harsh. It was it was a bit of are we on the same show? Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I I will say, like at this point in the competition, I mean, loving Simone, my money's on Simone, but like cheering for Tina way more than I thought I would be. Like I, I think that she is I think she's competition. I think that she's been she's been great on the reality TV side of things. I enjoy her talking heads. I love the it's not a tumor. Like I loved I love that she had a talking head that had nothing to do with anything other than her just doing an accent, you know, incorrectly and playing with it. Like I'm here to have more time with Tina, you know? Sure. Um time with Tina. Tina. Time with Tina, you know. Um Hail that midnight queen. oil. Yeah. <laughs> Hail that um, taxi queen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Your Tina's arrived. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I'm sober, so I, I don't yeah, know what to yeah. do about that. I don't um, mess with that anymore. <laughs> um, so Utica, I got to say, this is, I feel like the script was more brilliant. I think it was impressive that she did that. And mm -hmm. Utica certainly needed a little bit more credit for what she fucking did because that was hard, right? That, that was um, the hardest Rogers one. and Hammerstein's thing. Yeah, that was the Bende la Creme doing uh, Call Me Mother in the voice of Julie Andrews. Well, and this was like, I thought it was like more of the, like Pirates of Penzance. That's it. Uh, yes, of course, yeah. of course. Yes, um, uh, that's why I said Rogers and Hammerstein, but yes. I thought it was Gilbert and Sullivan. That's what I meant. I am, take away my musical theater game yeah, card. Like, I, I feel like, talk Mick about, you know, knowing, is like, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I feel like got Mick. It's like I'm breaking through. I knew something I didn't know I knew. Um, oh, you mean Gilbert and Sullivan? I didn't mean to be Rosé in that moment. Um, I also, I mean, I have a very limited, you know, musical theater uh, reference point, but what it made me think of is not getting married today from company and how much I want to see Utica mm. do that song because oh. she can play that character. Oh. Yes. Yes. That's a great reference. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, oh. Certainly. Yeah. Um, she was great. Uh, you know, it, it, then the, the Russians came out and that was it. I mean, I just, I, it was, it was very impressive that they memorized lip sync song and dance to this. It was very impressive. We'll talk about the concept of social media, um, I think, on Unpopular Opinions, but it was all very impressive. Rosé certainly sung the shit out of this. I couldn't believe she did that all in two days, and I think that's why she won. I mean, she definitely has a beautiful voice. I think in terms of, like, who who got my attention, it was Got Mick. Like, she, <laughs> the moment she came out, I was just like, look at you. you yeah. This is, yeah, it was perfect. I just – I will say it was interesting – is we saw Got Mick and Denali learning that choreography and then they came out and they had instruments and I was like, oh, I wonder what, why, this is different from what the, we saw them rehearsing. Mm. And so I wonder if like Got Mick maybe couldn't keep up with Denali. So like, oh, let's wow. change this. I love you that. Know? 
I love um, that. I love that they did that. I think that's important. We can't have another BB Sahara Bene moment. Absolutely. Yeah, not. and and Mick kind of you know referred to you know saying that that Jamal kind of just worked with her differently, and I I get that impression. Jamal Sims is not a Tadra call. It's like no, we, right. we got to make the choreography also fit the performer. Yeah. Yeah, you know it's interesting about Got Mick because I think okay. Go with me here. This is conspiracy theory. I don't really believe this, but I think it's interesting to talk about. So I think in the world of RuPaul and the show and what you're supposed to do, Gottmik had a moment where she could have won this episode when RuPaul said, hey, so I'm really fascinated about how people break through. How did you mm. do this? Mm-hmm. And Gottmik didn't have an answer. She said, well, Jamal was great. It was Jamal that did it. Jamal made it so easy. He taught it in a different way. And then I was like, fuck yeah, I can do this as long as Jamal is there. I think if Gottmik had given a different answer that was uh-huh. more yeah. technical and, and, and intricate, I think RuPaul would have been like, yes. Or if, if Gottmik had cried. You know what I mean? If there was more of an emotional awareness of like – you know, facing your your inner saboteur and all of that. Like, if if she could go to that place and the answer, give us some tears. Yes. And if thank he Jamal. cried on that runway, as you know, I and and then yes, with the thank yous. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be the moment. Um, I I do think, and maybe this is unpopular opinion, but I I I, I watched it twice, and both times I was like, Denali was was fine, but I would have swapped Denali and Tina in terms of placement this week. Totally. Like I just, she didn't, it's, it's kind of been the thing I've been having with her where it's like, yeah, you're clearly, your drag is, is great. And you killed that one lip sync and you know, you're clearly a dancer and all that. But like in terms of that, I think this, this moment when Got Mick and Denali came out, I thought was a perfect example of like, here's, here's the difference. Here's why Got Mick is popping out for me and Denali isn't is when they both came out, came out on stage. I was just getting like so much energy from Got Mick and Denali, I I wasn't getting that same oomph. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. it's not that she was not lip syncing or she was not dancing or whatever. It was just not that same, like, oh, you're just like neck deep in this character right now. You know? Totally. Totally. I, I get what you're saying. Uh, uh, it, it was a stark difference. Mm-hmm. Um, Gottmik was great. Rose, to me, had the harder job and she delivered and then some Mary. It was like she had been doing this act. For a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, I anyone who listens to our unpopular opinions knows that I'm, you know, I'm begrudgingly agreeing because I've just been sort of put off a bit by by what I've been seeing this season with Rose and, and how she presents herself. But like, you know, uh, this is what she does and it showed, you know? Yeah. Like it it's very clear this was her wheelhouse and she didn't st- and she didn't stumble. Nope. She didn't. I thought I mean Oh, sorry. I dropped my phone. Yeah. No, I thought she was great. Uh, I, I I, don't know. That's just what I saw, but that's okay. Um, mm-hmm. I, it's like, what? what's that? I don't, it's something from Real Housewives, but I've only seen it in like Vine compilations of like, that's my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, I, uh, we, have, I uh, we have much more to discuss, uh, including the lip sync on this episode and how this episode ended. But before we do, we're going to take a quick little break. You know what I love? What's that, Mary? 
I love therapy. Oh, you love her. Love her and need her. Can't get enough of her, which is why we love BetterHelp. That's H-E-L-P. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed professional therapist safely and privately. You can be matched with someone within 24 hours. Tinder wishes. And with phone or video sessions available, scheduling a session is as easy as ordering a pizza. And I do love pizza. I also love that you can send a message to your counselor at any time and actually get a response. And if you want to change counselors, no problem. It's both free and easy. BetterHelp is available worldwide, and their counselors are licensed and trained in everything from depression and anxiety to grief, relationships, sleep, self-esteem, and more. There are so many people using BetterHelp right now. They've recruited more counselors in all 50 states. It's more affordable than traditional in-person talk therapy, and there's even financial aid available if you need. Marys, if you're interested in trying BetterHelp, get 10% off your first month by going to betterhelp.com slash allrightmary, and that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. That's right. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. That's betterhelp.com slash allrightmary. And again, that's H-E-L-P. All right, Mary, we are back. And this lip sync was great. Yeah, this lip sync was was great. I, um, I mean, watching it the second time, I was just so impressed with like, Simone I mean that 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 word precision comes back and like Simone was just like because I think I could see a world where it's like candy like candy just rung the rag out but the but Simone's precision was like so impressive like she just she it was it was as if she had been doing this lip sync for a week you know like she I just and obviously all that pointing I mean anytime yeah yeah any point strong arm point point, strong arm yeah That crab walk behind Candy made me laugh every time I saw it. I just... Mary, That was one of those, like, pointing at the screen and laughing moments, you know? (laughs) I feel like Simone's um, Mortal Kombat fatality is when she does that little side shuffle. Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, Yeah, uh, yes. But is that... Is the side shuffle... Is that what kind of went into the crab walk behind Candy? I think so. Is that what you're talking about? She's at the front of the stage... Uh, you know, Candy's doing like she's rolling around on the ground, and then Simone does this like quick little foot side shuffle to the side. Yeah, I think this was that because then we see her passing behind Candy at one yes. point. Yes. Um, that's her fatality. I well, besides the pointing, the pointing is like well, the pointing is like the jabs and just like oh god, uh-huh. B- but that yeah. side shuffle, you're done. Yeah, the pointing is like Candy's life bar keeps going down, and then it's. <laughs> Finish her. Yes. And then, yes. Yeah. Uh huh. And Candy's on the floor. Yeah. But um, oh, oh, but to give love where love is due, Candy yep. Muse. Okay. So I love the face during the riff part, right? We saw it. Uh, oh, she did that, that thing, yeah, that face. That yeah. Face, the, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That face on her face. Yeah. Yeah. She Mary, loves that one. The shaking of the dress, the kick, that the rolling kick. around, the hair, the drama. Candy, I, I. I mean, what, I, I what am is, ready to eat my words about Candy Muse. I was not expecting this. What is that floor hump? Because that was her, like that was her move. Was the was, <laughs> was it's the it's special. the hump and that the fist. Special, yes. and you got to do the hump and the fist, and uh, it's just like, okay, Candy. That's God. I've that's, seen Candy like turn it out live, 
Um, but only, you know, on, on like, you know, a be cute, like a variety show. I've seen Candy turn it out. I just wasn't expecting this. She looked beautiful and she used her outfit to her advantage where that she went toe to toe with Simone's drag race. Yeah. Cause Simone, I mean, it just, I, Simone lip syncs like a winner, you know? And I, uh, and, and there was an element of like, I felt like, oh, Simone, if she wanted to, she could do more. You know what I mean? I was just like, if she wanted to or she needed to, she yes. could do more. Yeah. Um, but it, the, it's the fact that she knows how much to do, it seems, in these moments. And she just, ugh, I just really, uh, it, it's like that thing where sometimes it's good when a queen lip syncs because you get to see her lip sync, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, this season we got to see everybody lip sync, but it's sort of the, the Jinx Monsoon theory of like, get a good lip sync under your belt before you win, you know? Correct, um, correct. Yeah, she, I loved what they, that they both did the, what is it, the nay-nay, they both like squatted down kind oh, of slowly. that was great. And you know what's funny is, didn't that happen? There was a similar, I think it was last week, we saw it happen with Lala Ree and Elliot where they both mm, kind of went down yes. at the same time. Yes, yeah, they did that like roll down. Yes, mm-hmm. I know what you're talking about with the hips. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I, I don't mean, mean this to sound shady I think we mentioned this probably on like one of our first our our episodes of this week or of this season she candy lip syncs with a lisp and it's fabulous it's yeah she does and I kind of feel like that's it's the it's like the unique identifier is like oh you lip sync with the lisp you lisp sync yeah you lisp sync yeah I love it I it, it makes me Love it. Love that lip sync even more. I don't know. There's something about it. And it got me to thinking this week in particular, this lip sync reminded me that little queers dancing around lip syncing to their favorite songs, whether it be a fierce girl group or an amazing lip sync from a Broadway show. It's something that when we're younger, we won't really do publicly. But Mm -hmm. if we're dressed up with with armor on. Right, a with towel dress, dress, if yes. you will. Yeah, it, we we can access like this female power, this otherworldly gender that mm-hmm. we're not allowed to show as men. And I think you could say the same about you know AFAB queens. They access this female power that they're not allowed to access maybe in their day drag. And I just I love when a lip sync reminds me that these are little queers living their lives that they aren't necessarily allowed to do. Speaking about making the lane wider for what's okay to do. I love that we get to watch this every week. It's really quite stunning. And I worry sometimes that the fans and viewers and me forget this. Yeah, it's certainly, I think uh, it's a good lens to look at it through is like so many of us were, you know, uh, I can, you know, little queers, little weirdos, little humans who were just like kind of unapologetically living a fantasy. Like I remember, and this would come as a shock to anyone who knows me, is there was a there was a time in my life when, and I was probably like three or four, probably four, let's say, where I remember like specifically asking after dinner, asking my parents to go in the living room. They had a big stereo system and to put on the 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 fine young cannibals tape so I could dance in the living room and they would just let me go dance. I, I remember next stand, like just dancing next to the stereo to find young cannibals. And I don't know where that little boy went. I don't know who he was. Um, but RuPaul it, would say 
He's in there. We want to see him. Let him out. I know. Colin. That's the thing is that if I were on Drag Race, Barbara please would have to sort of find mm-hmm. that little boy mm-hmm. um, and and bring him out. And so, where's the uh, little boy in the witch costume, Colin? Yeah. Oh, that's the picture that she holds up when I'm in the top four of like, what would you say to four year old Colin? And, and then there I'd be in the witch costume, and <clears throat> I would just then my face would explode. Um, <laughs> you know. I hear you. No, just the the idea of like, yeah, uh, go into the stereo or go into the other room, put the stereo on and just dance. Yeah, like there are little boys that would put on shows for their family or their parents or their friends. Um, mm-hmm. I used to lip sync to Cheryl Crow songs in my closet, Mary. Uh, well, said a mouthful right there. I yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> um, God, it was her first album. I love that album. The, is the that Tuesday that album night, with the... Um, the Tuesday Night Road Show. Yeah, that's the one with uh, uh, Peel and Beer Bottle Labels. I can't think of the name of the song. <laughs> uh, it's All I Wanted To. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I remember my parents having that on tape. That's... Yeah, not to sound like Alanis Morissette, but whenever I think of the early 90s, I think of that <laughs> that album. <laughs> it, that album comes up with a vengeance, you know? <laughs> like it was yesterday, yeah. <laughs> oh, I hear you. Um, I, uh, yeah, no, obviously Alanis, I lip sync to Broadway musicals, but also uh, it's not Roadshow, I think it's Tuesday Night club Tuesday music club something like that um but it was Cheryl Crow I don't know why it was she was also the first person I saw live but yes gay boys gay queers you don't have to be a boy obviously it could be just queer uh just doing it privately before they can do it publicly and I love that we're seeing this on a international stage that mm-hmm. we're doing this now publicly it I don't know if everybody will get that and get the gravity of that but I I it's worth just mentioning. Uh, well, one, uh, Tuesday Night Music Club is what it's called. Thank you. Um, two, I wonder, you know, and I have no idea, and then probably it's all very specific to, you know, the house you're growing up in, is what is it, what it, how it is that, how is that different today with the internet or with more, you know what I mean? Like It's on TikTok now, I guess, you know? <laughs> yeah, like how is that experience, how has that experience changed in 2021? Like what is... What is is there any difference between you lip syncing to Cheryl Crow in your closet and me dancing to Fine Young Cannibals in the living room after dinner? Like, what is the 2021 version of a four year old, you know, queerdo, you know, queening out in the living room? What is yeah, that? Is it the same I mean, thing? I, I, I think it is the same thing. I think about that boy. It went viral. He did a shot by shot replica of Beyonce's um, countdown. Um, he's this, this little Asian boy, and he's wearing a God. He's wearing like a blanket for her dress, and mm-hmm. it is brilliant. Mary's out there, no, and maybe we can tweet it out, but it is brilliant. And he's living his life. I don't even know if he's gay, and it doesn't matter. But I feel like that type of creativity, that type of like, I love this song and her so much. I'm gonna be her, right? That mm. is. That is that's always been happening, and now we're getting to see it, which is I think part of the renaissance of yeah, not just Drag Race, not just what Anne Hathaway is saying RuPaul did, but it's RuPaul certainly is helping people be like, yep, it's okay to lip sync in your living room. It's okay to do that. I think about that girl on um, uh, on Instagram who recreates the lip syncs. Uh, oh, with a towel on her head. Yes, yeah, she's brilliant. 
yeah, she's brilliant. And I guess that is the difference is like we get to see it now. Like yeah. we, you know, I don't know if four-year-olds are, are watching these TikToks. But I mean, like even like, you know, the, the narrative was certainly extended into being, you know, 12, 13, 14. But just at a certain point, having access to social media and seeing like, oh, there's other people out here who put on a towel dress. You right. know, like I think it's right. realizing earlier that you're not alone. Yeah. And that exactly. Realizing earlier that you're not alone is what I think is happening now and realizing, oh, actually this power that I'm accessing in private, I can access publicly. And and you know that it takes, you know, it takes a lot of guts to do that. And I think mm-hmm. that's that's what we're also seeing on Drag Race and that's what we're seeing with Got Mick this week for example is like uh. you have to just be willing to to try it in public you know you have to be willing to show that version of yourself in public and like Mm. i think that's uh it's an interesting through line of like it it's you know people could say like oh you know when rupaul holds up the pictures of them when they're four like it's a lot of kind of bullshit and emotional manipulation and some of it is because it's a reality tv show but there is a grain of truth in there of like there is an element of like who that child is and who that drag queen is and like it's being able to make the connection between the two Mm. Uh, and I think it takes a while. I think it does. Mm-hmm. I think it, yeah. it, it, it. you have to kind of go through things before you can actually come out and see, oh, that's the connection, right? It's yeah. hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard. Yeah. And I think it's a very specific, um, you know, straight person. I think it's a very specific queer person that can actually do that. I think it's a specific person, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. It just happens more for queer people because we're – consistently you know pushed out does that make sense yeah there's it it feels like there's you're so much more aware as a queer person like you're so much more it's kind of like you've been given all the you know you've been given all the lego pieces and no instructions so it's like you have to be so much more conscious of putting something together versus and there's challenges here where if you're on the straight and narrow of life it's like you're you're kind of given a set of directions through life. You're kind right. of given and a lot of. You fucked up on step four, and now your whole life is, you know, in step thirty six is all messed up, right? Like, there's mm-hmm. lots of that's a really beautiful metaphor, um, because and then uh, take take it further. It's also for straight people to be like, <clears throat> throw out the instructions, Mary. Yes. Yes. That applies for you too. You right. Know? Right. Throw out the instructions and you know make a sailboat. You know and yeah. sail the way out of here. Right. Yeah. Right. You don't need to build the corporate office building that the instructions told you to build. Yeah, you I don't can, care what's on the box. You can build a garden, you know? Yeah, right. I don't care what's on the box. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I, I play with all the of the Lego pieces in the Lego box. Right. <laughs> um, fun, tiny anecdote about Legos. I, My brother and I played with a lot of Legos as kids, and I um, one time wrote a letter to to Lego, I don't know who, where, but I wrote a letter asking if they could send me more girl hair. I needed more brown girl hair, and they sent me a bunch of girl hair. And I mean, yeah, I mean, you're talking to another. I I still collect Legos, um, oh, but they're great. Yeah, I remember my mom would order over the phone from a catalog. She'd order from a catalog, and if I needed like a replacement piece or more girl girl hair, there was a little serial code that you said I would like three more of the blah blah or the like one two three mm-hmm. four five you know, and she would order it over the phone, and then would come in the mail. Um, yeah, I oh god, I love Legos and never step on a Lego, Mary. Never. No, <laughs> never step on a Lego. Oh god, no. 
Oh, that reminds me of RuPaul's Brick Race. Do you remember when we were first starting oh, out? Oh yeah, RuPaul's Brick Race. Oh, oh that was a that was an era. I that would I would pay I would pay three hundred dollars for that. Yep. Five hundred dollars for that. Yep, that's Fuck what I, I I would say. Hey, Matreons, can we put some of our some of our uh, Matreon money towards this RuPaul's Brick Race this month? And just just buy it, but uh, it's yeah. just a prototype. I think he just made a prototype. Ugh. Yeah. Anyway, um, Mary, we still have one more last act to talk about. If we're talking about the eleven o'clock number, Simone w- Simone won this lip sync. So people keep calling this a double save. I get why, and I, I we're just splitting hairs. It's fine, but Simone won, so it's not really. A I double think save. so. I yeah. yes, I I think you know it's kind of like when. Darian and Ben, you know, were both saved. Darian won the lip sync and RuPaul saved Ben. Oh, so no. So here's what I'm. Yes. And what I'm saying is actually Candy got sent home. Can She said to Candy, sashay away. She didn't say sashay away to Ben. No, it is different. I mean, that was and I'm assuming they were just doing that for the gag of like because you you kind of know a few seconds before someone is also saved, that they're going to be saved. The yes. music doesn't change. Mm-hmm. The the editing is very obvious of like, huh, this isn't transitioning the way it normally does. And so I thought they were just doing that to kind of keep us fooled and keep us gagged. That like, oh shit, like I really loved it. I home. was gagged. Yeah. I was like, mm-hmm. oh wow, they sent Candy home. I was yeah. really surprised. And then it was like, oh, but but if we're talking about like historic like saves i don't count this as a necessarily the same as a darian lake or as a brooklyn heights and evie oddly like it is uh, shantae you both stay right it's not a mm-hmm. shantae you both stay it was i'm saving candy it's not a double save um mm-hmm. yeah and, I, I hear what you're saying yep mm-hmm. and i know we'll talk we'll talk about the the repercussions of it on unpopular opinions because you know whatever but i i i I think it's important to recognize, like, RuPaul really loved Candy's lip sync, her charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent so much that she kept her, right? Uh, clearly, this was not their week, and RuPaul was like, yeah, it's okay. And I feel like that's very, very good for a musical. A musical is always going to be over-saccharine. So I'm glad yeah. that they kind of kept that going, <laughs> if I could be this, metaphoric about it. This is a little bit more in line with, like, in older seasons, like when RuPaul would say, it's come to my attention that I've sent one of my girls home too soon, mm-hmm. you know, and then, like, like Carmen Carrera comes back, yes. or you know, uh, yes. Little Kenya Michaels. Right. This was a variation of that, except they just did it on a more abbreviated level. Absolutely, and we got the BSA moment of the week when Candy is, you know, slow dirge walking back mm-hmm. to hug her friends, and Lil Goose, Scott Mick, he just comes Goose out, Mick. And he's just, yeah. <laughs> Goose Mick, and he's like, he's about to hug her, and then <laughs> RuPaul goes, Candy, wait. And that moment of got Mick just like, oh, sorry. (laughs) It was as if it was as if there was like a newscaster on the scene of something. And and she walked in the background of the newscast was like, oh, oh, sorry. Oh, and there's someone behind the camera like waving. Get back. Get out of the shot. The shot. The shot. (laughs) That moment. Okay. Yeah. You fall in love with a queen for moments like that. Those are the moments. Yeah. Those like are the that's, moments. That's, that's yeah. Yes. I, I did also really enjoy the kind of 
gravitas, if you will, of like when Simone was safe and there like there's something about a queen being a, the apologetic winner. Mm-hmm. And like there was just that moment of like hugging Candy and like she kind of like takes a beat with her. And I was just like, oh, I love this. I love this. Like, uh-huh. you know, like I see you, girl. And then she left. And but but then Mick getting the I walked into the shot uh, <laughs> energy and then like, oh, oh, I got to get back down in my spot. It's. It's a great little micro micro moment. Um, I that uh, yeah. I I think another way to watch this is as if they all knew that Candy was going to be saved, and they're doing it as a skit. I also think that mm. makes it also more enjoyable. If you're looking mm-hmm. for ways to enjoy this uh, this non elimination week. Um, let's say, regardless of your feelings of candy, if you're feeling some drag race fatigue, another way to enjoy this moment, I think, is like, oh, well, they're just doing a skit. They're doing a little bit with RuPaul. <laughs> yeah, this is, if, if it is the extension of the musical, like they're just doing, yes. <laughs> you know, this is the deus ex machina at the end of the musical, you know? Anything goes, you know? Yes, so that's, yes, yeah. Yes. Oh. Um, so that's, that's what this moment was. You know, we're talking about BSA right now and obviously I want to give it to Got Mick, but there is another little moment because Utica did so well in the challenge. Utica had that talking head where she's talking about the drinking game and she's like, Oh, just, you know, whenever I say the word fun or excited, you know, I have to take a shot, but she has this little moment, right? You, you, you know, yes. Oh, this was, I mean, it was crazy. I didn't, uh, it's crazy, right? I didn't notice it the first time I saw it. Uh, and then when I watched it again, I was like, are you picking lint off your shoulder while doing a talking head? Are you kidding me right now? I love this shit. Like, that is the compilation I want of of moments of it's, it's Asia O'Hara reaching for her Red Bull saying, no, you know what? I've got another thing to say. <laughs> It's Alexis Mateo scratching her fingernail and saying it's crazy, right? It's a horror reaching for a for a tissue. It's yes. it's Utica picking lint off her shoulder. Ugh. Oh, so Ugh. good, so, so human. Good. Yeah, I don't know why we love it so much, but it's just like oh, just like the, the the casualness of like she's talking and she's like oh, I got this little thing here. I just uh. uh. I think little moments like that are, are like why, like one of the reasons I love the comeback. It's like, oh, you've captured mm-hmm. such a human moment that no one could have told you to do that tells me so much. Like it's it, it it's something, I don't know. There's just something so real about it and so um, underproduced that it just like pops out. I don't know. I love those moments. I, ugh. It's, I mean, I also kind of in line with that is, you know, when, when Rue comes out on the runway and is kind of doing the intro and of course the judges are all on their phones, Rue is just so good at that, like (laughs) that acting, like, especially after like she's introducing Jamal and he's just on her phone and she goes, okay. And then like, and it's, that was a funny joke. It's so funny. I I, I thought that, I thought that was very funny, but it's what we were talking about with Ross Matthews. She gets the tone. She knows how to do this. She's She's doing eats, sleeps and breathes this. Yeah. She plays those little very improv naturalistic kind of dialogue moments with those big fucking shoulder pads and that purse. Like it's the juxtaposition of like, look at you, look at you with those shoulders and that purse. And then you're talking like a human being Uh, like it's. And that phone. I I, I think of her with the phone. Right. You know, Uh, "Ah, okay. All right. 
I just I I like that's a what with two seasons ago, but still she, love it. She yeah. gets it. She gets it. So like nominations, Utica and RuPaul for BSA of the week, but Got Mix got it. I'll give sure. it to Got Mix also because I I kind of wanted her to win the challenge. I really like thought she stole the show for me, so I'm happy to give BSA. Um, well, okay. you know. I mean, I, I, for me, she was a clear third winner. She was great. And well, it was Tina. Tina yeah. It was Tina versus Rosé for me. And then Got Mick was great. And it, it, she was in a duo. She wasn't on stage for that long. It was great. It was a great highlight. She's a BSA, Mary. She would she win is. Best Supporting Actress in a Musical, right? She wouldn't yeah. be Best Actress. So that's why she didn't win the challenge. That's all I have to say. Yeah, I I think, you know, I think the challenge that RuPaul was looking for of like the breakthrough moment and the like finding the like finding mm-hmm. that breakthrough, I felt like that's a win, but um I I think mm-hmm. Got Mick doesn't need to worry about winning this week's challenge. I think I think she's going to be here for a while. She's so. going to be in the top. I just don't yeah. think there's any question. She is I agree. Com- she's becoming so much more like I get it and I see it. And I'm noticing her a lot more. And I'm like, okay, this is fabulous. Mm-hmm. Especially, yeah. it started last week when I was like, oh, that psychologist was perfect. Yeah. And I think Snatch Game will be really interesting next week to see what, mm-hmm. like, that's off. Like, that's, you know, we haven't even gotten a Snatch Game, you know? Oh, my God. So. Did, you, did you see? Did you see? Who, well, it's not, that's not even next week, Mary. Next week. No, it's two weeks. Having, yeah. Oh, God. This season. We'll talk about it on Unpopular Opinions. But it's going on. But her Snatch Game, did you see who she's going to play? I, I didn't see who it was. Who was that? Mary, skip ahead 15 seconds if you don't want to know. Paris Hilton. Oh. Oh, well, good luck. <laughs> good luck. I mean, how are you going to make Paris funny? That's hot. I think, I, you know, we'll see. She, it looked like she had a joke about writing down something about cock, so we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's a tricky I. I'll reserve judgment, but, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about that in that episode. But, like, there are certain people. It's like, why are you picking these these dry ass characters to play in snatch game you know kind of like her vagina sorry yeah. another one um another one here comes another one <laughs> all right mary's we're gonna leave it there uh thank you for listening to our supersized episode for this supersized musical if you have any thoughts you can reach out to us on Twitter at All Right Mary. You can find us on the web at www.allrightmary.com or tasteofreality.com slash allright-mary. You can email us at allrightmarypodcast at gmail.com or you can find me on Instagram at johnnyalso or on Twitter at johnnyalso1. And you can, of course, hear more of me on my other podcasts, In the Details, A Celebration of Nuance, and Best Supporting Podcast, A Celebration of Best Supporting Actresses, like Got Mick. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at Colin Drucker and Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore. And you can get more of both of us, including our recaps of Drag Race UK Season 2, and at our Only Mary's level, our Unpopular Opinions episodes, where we let it all hang out and what we really think about Season 13 at patreon.com slash all right mary all right mary this week i referenced it before it was Chekhov's gun i think the last chance lip sync this week the perfect one is i hate musicals from a musical called ruthless the musical it is so fabulous i think it's like tina we're waiting for Tina to play this role, uh, I, like pitch perfect for her. It's sung by Rita McKenzie, 
and I it's a campy draggy show and I think I I think I'm gonna just chance it I'm gonna play a lot of the song this week so people can listen to this all right well I hope you don't hate musicals because this week's lip sync last chance lip sync is I hate musicals which is a musical and I have a drinking game as I'm picking lint off my shoulder of how many times we've said musical in the last minute (laughs) that's crazy right all right Mary right (laughs) (laughs) I hope you have a great week we'll see you next time Tot scenes. Honey, if I want to see theater, I'll go see a play with no singing and dancing to get in the way. Theater is language, and that should be all. Music belongs at the Carnegie Hall. Not a reason on earth, as far as I know, to write, mount, and open a musical show. Theater critic for a hundred years, and it's always the same. The story is moving, chock full of suspense. The plot takes a twist, and the mood is intense. Then someone sings a song like this. It doesn't make sense. Police! I hate musicals. I hate the new shows. They're nothing but Show. At least you can show.